Welcome to episode 29 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm your host, Ty, and I'm the captain now. That joke will make sense in a minute. And with me is my first mate, Chris. Where do you blow your foghorn, Chris? I blow it all over town. But on Twitter, <laughs> I blow it at CD Villasenor. That's good to hear. And I'm at SEATJK, and uh, you can come pirate my ship anytime. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we are celebrating the height of summer with the height of suburban culture. We'll talk about suburban living and its trappings. And uh, I'm going to assert that the 90s were the height of suburban America. So we'll check in on some 90s stars who are perhaps due for a comeback. And speaking of the burbs, we're going to talk about Tom Hanks' best and worst films. And uh, shout out to our friend Chris, who, uh, apropos of nothing... Decided to say that he thinks The Burbs is Tom Hanks' best movie. It's a top five. He said that. He Did said, he say top five? Yes. He said The Burbs is a top five Tom Hanks movie. I think we'll get into this. I, I think, think that's a bad take. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's clearly wrong. But okay. We'll, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll dive into it. All right. So in the OT, we'll check in on the World Cup final. Maybe a bit of Wimbledon. So I hope you wore your dress whites. So Chris, you just got back from vacation. Back to your home. Uh, outside the urban area, you might <laughs> in call the, it the suburbs. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the suburbs. There's no so having about returned it. to the suburbs, um, we came across a story that talked about the annoyances of someone parking on the street in front of your house all the time. And you know, I can relate to this, having lived in a more urban setting, but uh, in a single-family home, we had one of those cutout parking spots in front of our house. So even more so than a regular curb park, per- curb parking spot, I felt a unique sense of ownership over this yes yeah, so should we read the should we read should we read the submission that uh, that's to the uh, the deadspin fun bag shout out um sure. that that started this whole this started this whole thing sure so the quoted piece that chris mentions says i live on a corner lot in the suburbs so my property has curb space on two sides about a year ago some jamoke decided he would park his prius outside my house on a regular basis this has made me very mad He does not live adjacent to me in any direction, nor across the street. There's lots of parking in my neighborhood. Even the houses with no driveways have an alley in the back with enough space for two cars. No one else has had the temerity to do this to me, despite the ample space. I know the street on the other side of the curb isn't actually my property, but I feel like I'm babysitting this thing. There's a good chance I will accidentally whip the paint job with the weed whacker one day. Am I a psychopath? (laughs) Now, I feel for the person who submitted this particular piece because we have a spot now we live a little bit off the street but there's there's this there's a lot of people parking on our street these days and it didn't wasn't like that five years ago Mm -hmm. but i think there's some rental houses and i think there's some people sort of living multi so instead of having a house with two cars like a you know like a a standard quote-unquote standard family might have um, we're talking about a house that has five cars. Right. So now the cars are sort of spilling out all over the street. Now, th- what's funny is someone like this, the, the, the guy who writes this letter, he probably, maybe he has a nicer looking house. Maybe, maybe, maybe the person just feels comfortable parking in front of their house because they feel like, okay, it's not as shady <laughs> as the other ones. So this guy might be paying some sort of price for keeping a nice house where this person might park. But 
if you're not my next door neighbor, or if we're not sharing, if we're not touching in some way, I don't want to see your car in front of my house. Is that a wrong, is that a wrong thing to say? I know I don't own the street. I know I don't own the curb. But part of me feels like the international water should extend out from my house, <laughs> at least to the curb, by which if you're going to park on my curb on a regular basis, you might ask me or you might not do it every day because sure. that would piss me off horribly. Well, that's what I was getting to when I was saying that I have a particular uh, connection to this because of that cutout spot that we had in front of our old home. Uh, because it was long enough that if you really wanted to, you could actually get two cars into it like uh, bumper to bumper, mm-hmm. but then you'd be right up to the edge of my driveway and our driveway like went down a little hill. So if it was blocked in any way, it was very difficult to navigate. Um, and people would not be super conscientious about their parking. And when I, so, you know, fortunate to, enough to have more than once in my life had three, been a, been a three car family. And I was like motivated to become a three car family again when we went through a period when we didn't have three cars just so I could have a car to park on this street <laughs> just to keep these people away from my house. I need to buy I need to buy a, a spacer car. Yes, I need a car just to hold this parking spot to keep these people away from me. <laughs> so, you know, the question is, am I a psychopath? And I think the answer is no. I think there's just a sense of I think you don't want to look at something all the time. You know, I think when you move into a suburban area, part of the deal because I definitely feel this way when I drive up the neighborhood street and it's like there's people that aren't really mowing their lawn and stuff because we don't really live in it. We don't live in an HOA area, which I'm glad for. Sure. But that said, you know, also maybe the street isn't a place to store your trash cans, like roll them back to your house and then back out to the street. Don't just leave them on the street all the time. Twenty yeah, exactly. No, this is what happens that's when a you foul. live in that's, the that's suburbs. A, that's a suburban foul is to leave your trash cans on the curb all the time. Yeah, it's and the not. other thing is, and the other thing is, there's this whole now. If you live in the city, all bets are off. Sorry, you got to park your car wherever you can park it. If you don't have a parking space, you're jamming it in wherever. So if you live in the city, this is not this. <laughs> this does not count for you. But right. if you're in the suburbs, again to your point, I want to be able to drive up to my house and look up my house and see my house in its sort of suburban glory, right? (laughs) Like yard to the front door, the house. That's the whole point of it. That's the, that's why we don't live shoulder to shoulder with people like in the city. And so when people are, people are spilling over into your, into the view of your house from the street, it kind of pisses me off. Again, not that I own the street, but there's a certain, agreement we should all have out here <laughs> when you're living in the suburbs that that your space is your space go park it in front of your house well that's interesting you say that because you want look at developments and there's some studies that say that suburbs are bad for the human condition because it doesn't encourage you to actually get to know your neighbors you know it's actually what we're talking about is that you're inclined to set up barriers to protect your your space sure even when you're built on top of each other um and I feel a couple of different ways about that because all the developments that are going up in our, you know, immediately surrounding neighborhoods, uh, the houses are like close enough together that I could reach out one and touch the, you know, like you reach out the window and touch the, the house next to it. Right. It's, it's, it's basically urban living at that point. So it's a very strange phenomenon to me that people would like, Oh, I want to live somewhere. I have to drive to get everything, but I don't want any of the privacy or, 
you know, distance from my neighbors. Like we bought this house specifically because it's on a relatively large lot and positioned in a specific way where there's no other house that's like all that close to our actual structure. Mm -hmm. And mostly because I want to, not that I'm doing anything weird, but I certainly don't want (laughs) anyone like watching me do it. Oh no, you're doing (laughs) weird shit. I know. I know what's going on over there. The, um, no, but that's the, the truth of it is that, that if you're going to live, I mean, you've, probably can't afford to live in the city that's a whole different story but the um but when you're when you're living in the suburbs yeah that's right it's you know good fences make good neighbors i mean there's there's a reason that saying exists and we do we try to get out and walk around in the streets and talk to our neighbors and get to mm-hmm. know them because it's it's i think it's an important part of living in any neighborhood is sure. to have to have at least a i know your first name relationship with as yeah. many of your neighbors as you can. Yeah, I and like see. We've talked before. I like seeing the you know the kids out and about in the summertime. Right, which and, makes and me our, sound like some kind of a weirdo, but <laughs> and, and our and you know and we're lucky in that most of our neighbors are pretty cool. So I mean, again, first name, first name. Hey, Bob. Hey, Chris. What's up? Kind of a thing. You know, people walk their dogs in our neighborhood. Sure. I make it a point to sort of say hi to people and whenever I see them on the on the uh, on the street. So. Um, I think that that's that that part's important, but it's also important that you know you keep your filthy Prius to yourself <laughs> in this in this case, especially if there's plenty of room, right? I think that's the I think that's the sort of the uh, the what I get from that particular submission is that it seems like there's plenty of room on his street. Why is this person parking in front of their house? I don't think we're ever going to get an answer to the mystery, unfortunately. <laughs> and, you know, I would I would mow cl- closely to their car. Well, you better watch out with the mowing. Because I don't know if you saw the story that if you mow into someone's yard and you are not white, that the cops are going to come. Really? Yes. Yeah, so if you're, if you're huh. maybe a, a young youth with some brown skin and you're mowing some lawns and you accidentally mow a strip into the neighbor's lawn, the cops are going to come. <laughs> I give up. It's it just we're just calling the cops. I don't say we. I'm not. I'm not ever. I'm not. I'm not calling the cops unless there's I'm in an imminent danger or someone else is in imminent danger. Yeah, I'm we're not just gonna, calling the cops on people. I'm not going to call. You know, here's the other thing. I wouldn't call the cops on. Uh, I don't know. My my wife would probably call the cops. On this, <laughs> but uh, I would not call the cops on this person. But I would curse. I would. I would f bomb their car every time I came home and saw that thing floating in my in my front yard. I'd be like. God damn it. Move your car. Yeah. Jackass. So that's that's funny that you say that because I've often like daydreamed about getting one of those, you know, the spirit pens that people use to like write on their like suburban, their SUV windows. It's like when they like have a volleyball oh, sure, team sure. or baseball team or whatnot, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. I want to like get one of those and write backwards, like rude notes on people's windshields. Right. When they're when like they parked do- poorly. Yes. I think, yeah. I think I should do this, actually. Between I've been thinking line, about it for years now. Be, between the lines, asshole, right? <laughs> that kind of like yeah. that, that deal? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... Boy, that'll get you punched. <laughs> Man, it, <laughs> can you imagine coming out of like a store and watching and seeing some guy writing on my window with a pen? <laughs> oh, there would, be, there would be so much shoving. Oh, what my God. What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously, when, I mean that's that's how I was. I was trying to view those kind of things both ways. 
Like, you know, if I, yeah. it's like, right, that person that they park all askew probably needs a note. Yeah, but I'm not going to draw like a penis on their windshield. No, or but but if I mm. but if I were to come out of the store and having parked slightly askew unbeknownst to me, or whatever, because I was in a hurry to get to the FedEx store, and like somebody was writing on my window with a spirit pen, <laughs> man, it'd be ugly. I guarantee it. And I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not a guy. I'm not the kind of guy who uh, I'm not the kind of guy who gets in those kind of situations. So there we have it. I don't know if it would bother me. If I was in the wrong, I think I would just take the L. Yeah? yeah. Oh, no, you wouldn't. What are you talking so. about? I think no. so. No. You? I'm, I'm objective chance. these days. Come on. <laughs> you would, All right, moving on. <laughs> you would you would F-bomb the holy smoke out of him for sure. Well, I say, get your fucking hands off my car. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> but then, a- I'd be, then they'd be like, well, you parked shitty. I'm like, all right. All right, just get out sure. of here. Sure. Just get out sure. of here. Sure. But there's no reason face. to be riding out my goddamn car. <laughs> You make a good point. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) All right. So speaking of suburbia, I'm I'm tenuously transitioning us into my assertion that the 90s were the height of suburban culture because you could still, you know, buy a house. There was still a middle class. Um, Things that, you know, a little bit more challenging these days. And uh, given that the 90s. Well, I'm I'm taking a long time to introduce the fact that I happen to see the skyscraper full trailer, uh, you know, not on purpose. And uh, I saw Nev Campbell is the, uh, the the female lead, and I and my first thought was Nev Campbell, why do you keep popping up in weird shit? Like, wh- what, are the, what kind of choices are you making? <laughs> so, I thought we'd talk a little bit about '90s stars, who perhaps we could draft into modern day blockbusters. Did you have any right off the bat? Because I've got a couple. So, so the first first things first, you know. I think we can acknowledge that Hollywood is definitely hard on female actors from the age of about 28 to about 40. There's nothing, there's nothing great for them to do in that the fact that they're not young enough to play the ingenue and they're not old enough to be mom yet. Right. So I feel bad for... I mean, very few people can transition that. Somebody like ScarJo or somebody who can... There's very few actors who've successfully navigated that part of their career effectively. Right. So you have to. So as an actress, unfortunately, you probably have to go away for a while. And then you yeah, have I to think come you get back. into like thirty six, thirty eight, and then you have to like take a ten year break. Right. Like like the Rene Russo. Uh, I don't think she did it on purpose necessarily, but that was kind of the blueprint for that. Right. And, and it's like, uh, oh, hey, Rene Russo. Oh, she still looks good. We're the worst. Society's right. the worst. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? She still looks good. I'm not gonna lie. But <laughs> Nev Campbell now is now Nev Campbell's firmly in her 40s. She's 44 years old. So this is her comeback time to play the Rock's wife, mother of two children. Well, the last Rock wife was uh, Carla Carla Gugino. Sure. She in San Andreas. She's great. I love Carla Gugino's entire career. She's been so terrific. Nev Campbell is now. The version of we got the new Carly Cachino role this year. So in the in the Halle, in the Halley's Comet of all these actresses coming from the '90s, who do we need back? Who do we need to see come back through? Well, I was playing, just thinking that. playing the wife of playing the wife of the Rock. Or <laughs> or I'm skipping the, right over the the women and going to the fact that we did last week. We did uh, 
franchise movie four franchise four movie franchises mm-hmm. and i was thinking i wish there was blade four because this would absolutely be on my list so i'd like to see wesley make a comeback i'd like to see wes get some action some action did he, on the, did he go to prison did, did he, he actually not? do time i know I he did know. the he did the tax evasion he, I think did, he did some time yeah you know wesley snipes wesley snipes has a very satisfying early career there's a lot of good stuff like right after yeah. major league he does he does he's you know he does the what the sean connery movie he does the oh, uh, rising sun rising sun he does now, i'm thinking murder, of like murder like new jack hundred oh. yeah new, yeah, jack, new city. jack city jungle fever white man can't jump that's all in the early 90s you get passenger 57 yeah murder at 1600 and then blade and then those and those first two blade movies are awesome and that was the i rise. like the third one i'm not gonna hear any i'm not gonna hear any uh ryan any reynolds dissent on that either the Ryan Reynolds one? Yeah. The one that finally gave us Ryan Reynolds as action star, and which has completely dominated his career ever since. Because More I less. remember because I remember Ryan Reynolds just being that guy on that pizza show, that pizza place show, and he showed up in Blade Three and he was yoked. Yeah. And no, I remember like, uh Van Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then uh, and then what? So, speaking of Blade, Jessica Biel, what has she done for me since Stealth? Do we? Does she need to come back? <laughs> Stealth. <laughs> does she need to be back? She need. Maybe she, yeah. Where is Jessica Biel? What's she she's doing? She's just hanging out, being Mrs. Timberlake, and then just not, not working. Because she I guess. definitely should. She definitely should show back up. What was her? What was her TV show? It was the Christian style TV show with uh, Seventh with Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Yes. Her. I never watched a single episode of that show. I never did either, but it was like uh, had uh, B- Barry Pepper in it. But I Not watched Barry. Summer Catch. Not Barry Pepper. Times. Barry Watson. Sorry, Barry Watson. <laughs> Barry Pepper's a whole different guy. The uh, who else is in that? Uh, in that, uh, you know, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> we need, did, no, that's we need, Party of Five. Do we need to see Jennifer Love that's Hewitt back Campbell. though? Do we need to see her no, back I'm fine. though? I'm all set. I'm not <laughs> done. Do you have enough reruns of Ghost Whisperer to like hold you over? <laughs> I've never watched an episode of that show either. <laughs> um, what about uh, Juliette Lewis? Where's Juliette Lewis? Last time I saw Juliette Lewis, she always plays like trailer park skanky girl. But she's funny though. I mean, she's obviously she's in um, she's in old school, and she. I mean, the, her brief appearance in old school is hilarious. So I think she's she's uh, she's has an interesting career. Is she still I, running around in a, a, a unitard playing music? Probably I don't know, but but I think she's I think she's funny, like um, you know the uh, the Hangover gave us a brief return of Heather Graham for a little bit. I think I could use I think I could stand to have more Heather Graham in my life. I mean, can't she play like action wife? Can't I don't she see go why to, not. Can't she go to the Ann Archer School of Action Wife and and uh, and learn from the master herself? Yeah, well, I mean, isn't that like, that was that's a, good, a nice transition to the next name that I had in in mind, which was Gina Davis. Couldn't Gina Davis do the <laughs> Gina, do the Ann Archer Davis, action wife role? Yes, no, she she already did them. Now, now she's plenty old. She how wasn't old? the wife. She was the, the she was the action star. How how old is uh how old is she's way too old to be action wife anymore? Gina Davis. Gina, Gina be Davis. In her 60s. Yeah, yeah, she's past being action wife, but she could certainly open a school for action wives. <laughs> but but I but I think but I think Ann Archer is without question the grand master of I was a um, 
Um, you know who had a had a had a funny little career that I think we liked her, but then she went away very quickly. Amy Smart, remember Amy Smart? Yeah. What is? Did, can we? That's the two thousands though. That's 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 not are respecting sure? our nineties theme. Really? What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did she do? Yeah, all those Amy Smart movies are in the two thousands. Really? How old am I mm-hmm. again? How old? <laughs> a million years old. Well, she's she's in her young. You 40s. and Heather Graham are of an age. Yes. Heather Graham's a monster the um oh man i just i just found the heather graham uh, instagram page all right well do you oh. need to hang up yeah i <laughs> just wrap we, this up we, early can we, can we edit please <laughs> the uh we definitely just see her back who who's the who are the other okay so who were all the charm girls now shannon doherty's not coming back because no. because I, she might well, have Alyssa milano milano she's around yeah, and right? then the, girl, the woman things. whose name I can never remember. Oh, uh, bu- 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 three names: Ho- Holly, Holly Marie Combs. Combs, Holly Marie Combs. Well, we could have, Holly Marie Combs could definitely. She be works. She works. An action wife, really? Does she do stuff? Yeah, not she like has... in cable, <laughs> like, like the Hallmark not... Channel. Yeah, it's not like a good career. She's working though. Yeah, sure. Um, but again, that's two thousands. Like oh. Charmed, Charmed starts in like ninety eight or ninety nine or something. Oh, anyway. well, how old was Holly Marie Combs then? She's like forty four now. Sure. I guess she was youthful. Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, well, I mean, can we get? Can we get in Alicia the late nineties? Sil- I was only a teenager, and I'm nearly <laughs> forty years old now. So that's how time works. <laughs> can we get an Alicia Silverstone come back? Who? What could? Is she? No, is she, she had the whole breastfeeding until the kid was six years old thing, and she's done. <laughs> she can't have a career now. <laughs> she can't. Man, who nope. had a, she had a good five-year run, though. Strong. She had a strong five-year run. Well, I know who we're getting back for sure, though, right? Didn't mm-hmm. we Didn't we see a confirmation that we're going to get Val Kilmer back in Top Gun 2? Yes, we are getting... I don't know what they're going to have him do. <laughs> he's, how he's, how he much was, is Val going to weigh, is what I want to know. Yeah, he also had... No, I think he, he had throat cancer or something, too. I guess that's oh. what happens when you smoke cigarettes for 45 years. But um, oh no! I mean, having having Val Kilmer back for Top Gun. If we're gonna if we're gonna sidebar to Top Gun, the whole casting of the most punchable actor working today is uh, is really making me. Uh, what is that guy's name? <laughs> He's playing Goose's son. It's oh god! <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> He's it's, playing Goose's son. Oh, it's uh, Miles Teller. Oh God, Miles Teller. Yeah, but he's really good. In what? I don't. Did you see uh, Whiplash? Yeah, he's fine in Whiplash, but he's. Uh, I, I don't like Miles Teller. I think you just don't like the characters that he plays. No, I don't like him as an actor. Okay. I, I don't. I, Whiplash isn't his movie anyway. No, but I mean, he does a good job. I, anyway, I I don't I, I dislike the way he looks also, but I can't really uh, <laughs> salt his work. <laughs> and um, you just I, you've seen all those Divergent movies, and you don't like his character, and that's no, now you've con- you're I, conflating I, the I, Divergent character with Divergent, Insurgent, Ablurgent. What was the other? He one? was in the he was Reed Richards in the, the oh, Fantastic Four movie that nobody saw. Ugh. God, they can't make a good Fantastic Four movie. Actually, they've made two good Fantastic Four movies. They're called The Incredibles and 
Incredibles 2. <laughs> Those are the only Fantastic Four movies you need to watch. Uh, one more person I need to have back in my life. I need Jenny Garth back in my life in some way, shape, or form. Can we get her back in my life? Jenny Garth? <laughs> Why do you need Jenny name? Garth? What is she? I don't she's know. Been, she's <laughs> been working. She was on a, like a, a sitcom for years and years and really? years. Really? That yeah. I didn't watch? Yeah. Maybe, Maybe it's on Netflix. It. Maybe it's on Netflix or something. I don't know. I like I Jenny know. Garth. I don't know. Some she was also on the 90210 re- like that when they brought it back for three years. It came back for three years? Yeah. <laughs> oh. They redid it with new kids. Oh. Sorry, maybe I don't need... Apparently, I... Maybe you I didn't. You had, I, you had your maybe, chance. <laughs> maybe I only think I need more Jenny Garth back in my life. <laughs> I don't know why. All right. Fine. All right, so moving on. Uh, loosely transitioning once again to a Burbs-related topic. Um, a friend of ours suggested that Burbs was... I, I, top five, you say? Tom Hanks movies? Here it is. Let me, let me, uh, let me, let me read it. It says, take colon. The Burbs... <laughs> is a top five Tom Hanks movie. And then he later clarified that okay. he says, note, then, I didn't say performance. Right. So, like, because I was going to be like, okay, I might buy into the idea that, that it's a top five Hanks performance. Right. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but my memory says that it's his, he's the most entertaining part of the movie. I mean, let's be, let's be clear here. Tom Hanks has acted in maybe a dozen either Academy Award winning or Academy Award nominated <laughs> movies. Yeah. So to say that The Burbs... <laughs> is a top five Hanks movie is a stretch just just I don't remember on, in liking on, the movie that much <laughs> it just just on principle it's just it can't be possible it can't be possible that that's a top five well I don't know it wasn't like Road to Perdition nominated for an Oscar and I know people apparently like that movie but I don't it's, it's a little boring the comic book is excellent so but the uh, and, and the Hanks movie's fine it's not it's not a, but here's what I wrote I wrote that's a hot take, <laughs> because it was. But <laughs> but my favorite Hanks performances are Bachelor Party, which is a one of the great HBO. It's a classic. It's a I'm classic. a teenager watching HBO. It's got plenty of nudity. It's funny. It's it's got everything. It's got everything a 13, 14 year old boy needs to spend a, an evening in. Um, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Gump. I like Gump. I like Saving Private yeah. Ryan. League of Their Own. His performance in League of Their Own is so stinking good. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's every every line he utters in that whole movie, either funny or serious, is just completely pure gold. And the well, last and the last movie. Oh, go ahead. No, no, by all means. Uh, and the last movie I had on there was on. nothing in was nothing in common, which is a little scene Hanks movie where. He's the son of Jackie Gleason. It happens to be Jackie Gleason's last movie he ever made. What's the name of it? It's called Nothing in Common. And it's one of those comedies that it's funny for a little bit, and then it turns into something much, much more, and it's very serious and becomes a thing. Uh-huh. And it becomes about sort of life. And, you know, Tom Hanks had just done comedies, right? You think, oh, it's comedy, blah, blah. And then it, like, 180s you, and then smashes you in the head and it's really good it's really effective it's a it's a it's a terrific movie i don't know how it's aged i probably haven't seen it in 20 years but but i remember i just i remember that performance i remember it's it's an excellent uh it's an excellent uh it's an excellent movie i think it's i think it's i think it's pretty well regarded in the hanks in the hanks filmography as well so 
Um, what did you like? Did was there what was what what were your the thing that stood out for me was really that there's quite a few bad movies in his on his oh. resume. Oh sure, he worked a lot. He worked a lot, especially early. Yeah, but he's also in a lot of like big movies that didn't work out, or like you know, I mean, I don't know, movies where he's it's a, it's a Tom Hanks vehicle, but the the writing because you know, he has to be doing his Tom Hanks thing. He's always Tom Hanks. This yes. is this is part of it. Yeah, I mean he's sure. acting, but it's got it, like he's got some range. It can it's a certain it's but it's a different version of the same guy. But uh, first of all, I want to say I think that his hairpiece in the Dan Brown movies is doing a lot of work there. So that's <laughs> I recognize that. Like, those what are, are they are, doing? Those are those. I don't like those movies. I don't know. I mean, they're okay. I, um, I, I agree with you on like Bachelor Party. Books. I think that's that's it's a classic. Uh, you didn't mention Big, which I have to mention. I think Big is the quintessential Tom Hanks movie. Like if you were going to show someone what's a Tom, what's Tom Hanks all about? I think you could show them that and saving private Ryan. And <laughs> they'd it's understand. the movie. It's the movie where a, a 29 year old Elizabeth Perkins has sex with a 12 year old boy. <laughs> yes. I know right? what you like to talk about. That. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. If this was another, if this was a, if this was a different, if this was, a, if this was, a if it was the other way around, It'd be extremely disgusting. <laughs> it would be extremely disgusting. It's a double standard type of film. Anyway. Oh, we live in a double standard type of society. All right. Hey, remind me for another podcast to t- tell you about my my uh, my sequel to Big. Well, why don't we just do it now? Because Big needs a sequel, right? Sure. So Josh Baskin is now older he's tom hanks age right how old okay. is, how old is josh baskin now so like uh, roughly 15 30 years. years so 30 years, he's 45 oh, he's 45 okay so he's tom, oh, he's tom hanks now okay i got it right okay. so we got to get tom hanks to play josh baskin we got to young him up a little bit okay but he, we can do this we have movie magic he's he's successfully taken on that toy business and he's so he's been, worked his way back into that job he's been successful but he's now sort of unhappy he's midlife crisising okay and um an older an old elizabeth perkins <laughs> who's now 30 years older she's she's probably in her so she's maybe she's 70 let's say she's like 65 or 70 she goes she finds the machine and wishes herself young she wishes herself young okay to help to and then she manic she manic pixie dream girls um tom hanks back onto the right path and then she dies that sounds terrible what <laughs> are you kidding me everybody loves a manic pixie dream girl movie right where man who's sort of lost his way comes across the manic pixie dream girl who who shows him something about life and then gets him back on his path but I just think I, if we're gonna if we're gonna come back around on this, I think that that she does it without him knowing. That right, I demand I demand quality movie. character development and no tropes then from the female lead. <laughs> well, we have to. Well, see what she does is old Elizabeth Perkins wishes herself young and she becomes Natalie Portman. <laughs> <laughs> because Natalie Portman's the best of the manic pixie dream girls, right? We can just put her into that role every day. I feel like everybody you're talking about is far too old to pull this off. (laughs) Have I lost? Have I missed? Have I missed the boat on this? 
Yeah, I think maybe it's too he's late. old. Oh well, maybe maybe Josh Baskin is now Tom Hanks's age, which is like sixty. What if it just becomes Quantum Leap, and Wesley Snipes becomes Tom Cruise <laughs> role? <laughs> Quantum Leap. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have anywhere else to go with that. I don't know. I think but, like, there's something there. What's Tom Cruise doing in like? Like apparently he's in Cloud Atlas. There was a Coen Brothers movie called Lady Killers that nobody saw. Have you seen the oh, Lady Tom, Killers? Oh, you're talking about Tom. You said Tom Cruise. I think you meant Tom Hanks. But no, Lady Killers is kind of a goony movie. It's not for everybody. It's kind of weird and old timey. What was the other one that you said? Um, Cloud Atlas. Oh, Cloud Atlas is hard to watch. It's a Wachowski Brothers thing. It's like five timelines and a. It's it's ambitious. I think it's probably the movie that killed the Wachowski brothers' career. Had to make them go to Netflix after that. So, yeah. It's a it's an odd movie. It's a strange watch. I think I probably got through about a third of it, and I was like, yeah. If you had to pick one, like, this is the best Tom Cruise movie, which one would you pick? So you said Tom Cruise again. Oh, now I said Tom Cruise. <laughs> now you put it, now you, now you earworm me. You put it in my brain. You brainwormed me. Tom, Let's just talk about Tom okay. Cruise instead. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks. If you had to watch one Tom Hanks movie, and that's it. God. Yeah. What if it's not one of the ones I chose? Is my favorite. Well, that, well, Tom then Hanks you're, I think your list is fallible. Then. I think the answer is Saving Private Ryan. I think it but, is, but it's. Yeah. I guess it depends on the circumstance. Like, if I'm alone on a desert island, then no. Because I don't want to watch Just Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, you know, because Hanks has... You could argue that Hanks's biggest stuff is all that sort of rom-com stuff. Right. I mean, you could give him Sleepless in Seattle or something like that. Ugh. See, I think that's what I've discovered is that I really like Tom Hanks, and I'm not sure he deserves it. <laughs> is that what you've gotten from this conversation? Yeah, the more the more that we've looked through this, and the more that the we started to work through this, because when we first brought it up, I was like, oh, this will be easy. We'll talk about this now. And now I'm like looking through this, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got, he's got, he's like, but he's, he's got serious actor Tom, Tom Hanks. He, I almost said Tom Cruise, God damn it. The, uh, there's rom-com guy. There's full bore comedy guy. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of things he can do. That's why you can't pick which, one movie. Which is which is which is why it makes his. That's why his his things all over the place. His it's all difficult uh, to figure out because I don't know. I mean, I like. I mean, Catch Me If You Can is a terrific movie. Um, you know. After a while, you forget he's trying to do that Boston accent. <laughs> I like it. It's so obnoxious and terrible the whole time. I actually start to enjoy it. It's hand ready. Hand ready. Hand, hand ready. I don't know. I think that, uh, oh, you know, maybe maybe it's the Burbs. I think maybe that's his, the, the one you have to watch. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. All right. Well, we successfully rung, squeezed all the blood out of that stone. Man. Um, you think, Tom Hanks, you think Tom Hanks would have given us a deeper well? Yeah. That's a, you're right, though. I think we've discovered something about Tom Hanks that maybe we didn't want to discover. I think that if I, speaking of Tom's and Tom Cruise, I think if I had to choose one book of work to take with me, I think it's the Cruise book of work. Oh, it's a no, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> Kidding me? 
but I without think, looking at it, would you have, you would have known that right no, off the top of your head? I'd have known that top. If someone said, I'm, you're, I'm abandoning you on this desert island, I'm going to give you all the DVDs of Tom Hanks movies or all the DVDs of Tom Cruise movies, it is a no-brainer. Tom Cruise. Easy. All right, so moving into the overtime, did you have anything else from the, the previous topics that you wanted to get off your chest before we talked about a little bit of World Cup? Not really. Just, uh, just, just. You should check out the uh, the Heather Graham Instagram. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug that one one more time. All right. Well, allow me to open a uh, incognito browser window. <laughs> so, World Cup. We've reached the final. We were uh, off too long to do a um, a semi preview, but that's all right. Um, I think it's hilarious that there's a third place game because it's not the Olympics. Why Man, is there a third place game? God, you know. Those poor fuckers have to come right, back. England's like, I just want to go home. It's I just over. Wanna, I, I, right? Put me on a plane. I, right. I, I need to go home. I mean, this is just ridiculous that I have to play at the third, fourth place game. <laughs> harsh. Harsh. But it is against, you know, it is against Belgium. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe they'll uh, knock each other around a little bit. Well, it was a hilarious thing I saw somebody posted on Twitter from their cable guide. Whoever writes the cable guide descriptions throwing shade at Fellaini because they were like, <laughs> Belgium laden with European stars and Fellaini take on England. That's <laughs> really like I, I want that job. I want I want to write the, the the descriptions for the the events, and I can just be, get to be snarky. That was that's a cheap shot. Sure, nobody likes sideshow Bob. <laughs> But in the final, we have France and Croatia. Do you have a, an opinion? No, I think it's France. But uh, but but England, you know, they, that was their they blew their big chance there. I yes, mean, I think that just, no matter who won that game, they're going to steamrolled by France. I have a I think it's going to be France two nil. Yeah, yeah. I'd I mean, I would buy that. I'd buy that for a dollar. The uh, just France just looks they just looked apart, right? Yeah, they've just got the the right things are happening at the right times, and they've got the you know they've got the wonderkind and the, I mean, their weakest link is like Giroud's inability to finish. Well, I mean, now it wasn't Giroud's fault that he didn't finish that unbelievable little back heel that Mbappe gave him. I mean, that would have been goal of the tournament, right? You'd be if he finishes that, you'd be watching that that goal every week for the rest of your life. I watched that pass like 10 times as it was, but yeah, yeah. it was super disappointing that it just, got, that's, I think that that's the hardest part about that, being a soccer fan. Yeah. That defender though, makes a hell of an effort to get his foot in front of that, to knock it away. But anyway, yeah. they look the part. I, you know, like I, two nil sounds right. You know, three, one kind of a deal. Yeah. Three, one. You that know, Perisic, man, that guy can play on yeah. Croatia. These guys that I don't really, I'm not familiar with. Like my my familiarity with the Croatian team like starts and ends with like Modric and Rakitic, is and there, like a is, little bit of Mandzukic. Right? Is there is there any is there any other team in the world that has more names that end with a C? Do all of them end with a C? <laughs> is that a standard Croatian thing? <laughs> it's pretty. So most of them end in a C. Uh, there's a few <laughs> that I'm guessing are maybe not like like of. You know, maybe they live in Croatia or mother family emigrated there. I don't know that they are Croatian by, you know, sort of name, at least, the, you know, because we've got a Vida and a a, a Lovren and a Piaka. <laughs> a lot of C's, though. No, no of, it's itch. A lot of, it's itch, a itch, lot of itch. chitches. A lot of, a lot of itch itches. <laughs> yeah. It's the 11, 11 man itch, no doubt. <laughs> right. I mean, best of luck to them. I hope it's a good match. I, you know, I do too. And, uh, 
And God, those people have to play for third. You think it just turns out to be like the NFL Pro Bowl? You think they just, or do you think at some point, like the first half, they sort of beat it, like just kind of booted around? No, isn't the? I feel like the third place game is notoriously bad. Like it just it has a reputation yeah. for being terrible. But do you think at some point, at some point, there the the pride kicks in and maybe somebody tries to, you know, tries maybe. to play some ball? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I wanted to talk about really quickly. Um, Wimbledon as well. Have you? Did you get a chance to watch any while you were? Uh, I oh. I did. I watched the. I watched some of the. I watched those quarterfinal matches on the men's side. I almost texted um, you during the fifth set of the Anderson Federer match. Well, God, Federer, Federer going up two sets and then losing that hurt badly. Um, yeah. Oh, and then he was up eight seven, and then nine seven or eight seven in the in the tiebreak. Yeah, break. he had plenty of chances to win that, and just couldn't get it done. And and which, of course, the people at ESPN are like, "Oh, please, God, get through!" Because right. now they have to promote, you know, the indis, you know, the the unrecognizable tall guy match of you know Anderson Isner, <laughs> which everyone's going to be like, "Stiffs." <laughs> Here are two really <laughs> tall dudes. They're not even going to worry about that. All that matters is the joke for the semis. All that matters is the Djokovic Nadal match, and then uh, you know one of those guys is going to win the final because I don't see the Anderson Isner combo taking. You don't think you don't see that you don't see that really uh, really becoming a thing. No. Now, so this is this is a um, a particularly important Grand Slam for Rafa Nadal because if he wins this one. That puts him at 18 Grand Slams. And it's what, 11 Frenches? It's, 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 uh, yeah, because he won this yeah, year, Yeah, it's 11. Right? Yep. So it's 11 French. Now, granted, it's French heavy. Right. He has one but, Australian, 11 French, two Wimbledons, and three U.S. Opens. But if he puts up a third Wimbledon, now we have to get into this whole who's had a better career. I mean, because... I mean, Federer. I mean, we've all sort of been like, okay, Federer. No, sort come of on. The king of no, this. this is not a real argument. You can add, Are on. you sure? Are you it's sure? Not. It's and not. It's head- been out of the question. He Roger could have retired last year, and it's still it's still their head to, their head to head records very similar. Um, Federer's never beaten uh, him on clay. Yeah. I mean, it becomes an it, this becomes a thing. This becomes this becomes a real issue. Um. Coming up here, I mean, that's is uh, this one of those deals where it's a thing. I mean, if you're making <laughs> if you're making sports radio arguments about right, it, right? Because Federer only has the one French, right? But he has a bunch of Australia. He has a bunch of everything else. He's got a yes, but and so it's. But Nadal only has the one Australian. T- I don't know. I, I hear Aus- you. Come Australia. From, right? I mean, you could throw Australia out of it, but just but you know, Rogers got. Eight Wimbledon. So yes. let's say he's the king of Wimbledon. Yeah, eight Wimbledons. Uh, and and so and then you then you throw out then you five say, U.S. Okay. Opens in a row. Okay, that that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's not like five U.S. Opens. It's five in a row. Yeah, but but not since two thousand and eight. Right. But not in the whole decade. True. So I mean you. It's a lot closer than I think. I think it's a lot closer. Well, let's enough about the men. Frankly, I want to throw a lot of props to Serena Williams because 
god. Just the greatest. Maybe, maybe, maybe she doesn't even matter who, which one between Federer and Nadal is the ba- the greatest. Because Serena is the greatest. She's the greatest. She is without question amazing, and and it's a tribute to her and an indictment on women's tennis that she could like basically be breastfeeding a child and winning this like with the child on at the court. 36 years old. Right. It's not like she's breastfeeding at 28. No, right. She's and with the child in a baby Bjorn. Like she could like be playing with the baby attached to her and she would be winning this thing still. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal. It is I when they were talking about all these seated women who were falling out of the draw, I was like, "Who? What is this? Who is this now?" I know that I know that I'm giving up on men's tennis. I'm giving up on men's tennis as soon as Federer and Nadal go away. I'm just giving up. I'm, I don't even care. It's I'm not going to watch a single whole match of tennis after those two guys retire. Djokovic Serena has 23 Grand Slam titles, right? Right, and Serena, Serena is and hold on, and 14 Grand Slam doubles titles, right? <laughs> My God, she's, she's now. You could make the argument that she's benefiting from a grave lack of talent in the world. Well, I think in the last few the years, moment. for sure. There's no doubt. Now, when she was 20 years old and you had, you know... You oh, no, when she, when she destroyed the first playing. generation of people that she played yes. against? Yeah, uh-huh. it was a much more... Uh, it was a that, much deeper field. That's a much more impressive accomplishment. Like, when 18-year-old Serena came out in the U.S. Open and whooped that crowd, that's, that's a better Serena performance than... I mean, granted, she's we're 20 years into we're 20 years into Serena and she's still mowing them down but the level of talent on the women's in women's tennis is heinous I mean I try to watch some of these matches and it is impossible to watch them they are so bad so bad there's a lot of unforced errors (laughs) it's just not good so my last question about Wimbledon unless uh you wanted to talk more about Serena no she's great is why do you get hosting serving dishes like the men get a soup tureen and the women get a large platter and (laughs) what is it about you're gonna win a tennis title and then are you expected to like have a cookout afterwards like people gotta come over like i don't (laughs) from the people who gave us afternoon tea of course they're giving you service they're giving you (laughs) that's that's what they that's what they want you to have they want you to be able to entertain properly is this so like when the queen comes over to your house, you have something to serve her tea on because you were right. Wimbledon? Like you right. live in some shitty apartment because you squandered your money? And, yes. But and you still you... have your golden platter to serve the queen tea? <laughs> you bring them out on like Dixie cups on your, on your Wimbledon tray. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, you know, yeah, they're not, they're old school trophies. I like them. I like that. I yeah, like no, that. they're, they're really, uh, the, the, the women's plate is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, the there's nothing worse in sports when someone tries to get like crafty or hip with the trophy, and it just no, it's out. always bad. Like when you give me some weird like lucite or glass, like that no thing. Just it's the classics. <laughs> Stick with the classics. <laughs> yeah, give me a base. Give me four posts, and then like a platform, and then a person doing what I won doing. <laughs> That's what I, I want the classic, the classic you trophy. The, like you want the little person. I want the person who's doing the sport that I just won on the trophy. That's the trophy I like. 
Do you, well, I mean, the all-timer is the Long's Drug Trophy that Christy Kerr gives a kiss to, right? Oh, the, like, the one like that looks like a famous internet picture. Yeah, it's like it a big like glass a, dildo. Yeah, that's <laughs> brutal. I mean, it's like, why would you do that? Why would you create something like that? Or, right, like, who who got that from the trophy maker and was like, yes, perfect. Yeah, or there's that goofy <laughs> golf trophy. They're, they're, are they golf trophies? But it's the one where they used to give him that conquistador helmet. I don't think there, I've seen that one. And then there's a picture of Phil Mickelson wearing it. It might be like the two, the old Tucson Open or something. You would get a Conquistador helmet. Sounds it's racist. Just, it's like, who the hell? Yeah, exactly. We'll show you Mexicans <laughs> in uh, in southern uh, Arizona about Conquistadors. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, wow, this is... Ridiculous. But then there's <laughs> one... I think... What is the... You're right, it's in Tucson. There's one, though, that's awesome. It's the... Uh, oh, God... It, it's one of these European ones. It's like the King Hassan, the King Hassan II <laughs> golf trophy. I'm going to laugh if I actually got this one right. Um, and and you get this monster. Oh, no, you get like a dagger. <laughs> it's so awesome. You get this dagger. Well, have you seen like the, the Dubai Desert Classic? It's like a human-sized trophy. Yes, it's the one with the It's like some jug. huge pitcher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was terrific. All right, we're gonna. You know what? Let's leave this because we're obviously gonna have to come back to it. Uh huh. So, right. <laughs> coming up on next week's episode of the Two on Three podcast, we'll talk about the world's most ridiculous trophies, and then we'll follow up with some Twitter content so you can actually see what they look like because that'll be an interesting discussion. We'll we try to that'll describe them to you. That'll be good. <laughs> All right. Anything else tonight? Not really. I hope everyone's having a good summer. Yeah, we're, it's getting hot know, around here. You know, they're saying that there's a chance that we don't break 90 in Seattle this year. People are thinking that it may or may not happen. I also saw, think, though, that the flip side of that is it's supposed to be higher than, like, 77 at least for the rest of this month. Well, that's okay. No, I'm, not, the, I'm not complaining. I'm saying I'm 90. Over, that's great. Would you like to take the over-under on 90? Which, which side? You want to bet on it? Yeah. Let's bet on it. I'm gonna, I would actually, I'm going to go with, uh, well, I prefer the under there. Because the, the weather's under? been weirdly, like, cold. Mm-hmm. But in a in an age of global warming, can we actually can we actually stay under ninety? I'm gonna take the. It's over. not global warming so much as it is shifting climate. Things are getting more intense, <laughs> and weirder. Yes, I'm gonna take the over. I think there's no possible way you can live in North America and not have, or you can live in the United States of America and not have at least one ninety degree day. All right. Well, we'll find out. We'll make sure All we right. tweet that out when it happens. All right. And the uh, the winner the winner gets to has to buy a Slurpee for the other one because you know cold bring some rum <laughs> to, bring some rum to the 7-eleven i'll make you a, i'll just pour you a, a rum slurpee yeah we know we'll get the coke one and then you put the rum in it what it's not complicated <laughs> all right my brother man all right thanks everybody for sticking with us uh thanks for uh stick waiting on the the late publishing schedule this week we'll be out uh it's, it'll be friday by the time you're listening to this and uh you'll hear us next week peace